Hello and welcome to the Locked on the Flyers podcast for Tuesday, September 1st. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is so terrified for the game tonight. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I, yeah, I'm terrified and it's not a good feeling. To keep up with our feelings, make sure you follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much anywhere. So make sure you get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. We're your hosts. I'm Danielle. And I'm Rachel. And today we are going to look over some of the Flyers' media availability responses uh, from Sunday's game and what they need to do for tonight's game. Then we are going to look at the positives because, you know, after some time, we've, we've had some time to marinate over Sunday's game and there were some positives. And then lastly, we will look to see what needs to happen to push this series to a game six. Make sure you stay up to date with us on Twitter. We are at Locked on Flyers or Locked on Flyers at gmail.com. So. Let's get into what the players said. Um, and this is obviously the response to being down 3-1 in the series. Let's start with the coach. AV said after looking at the video that we busted a gut out there. We worked our butts off from the start of the game to the end. And we weren't perfect. Which, you know what? I honestly, thinking back on that game, like I completely agree with him. I don't know that I 100% agree with him. I think mm-hmm. there were stretches where they let their guard down Mm -hmm. and that's where the Islanders were able to capitalize I thought there was kind of a big stretch in the second period where they just like weren't completing passes and they weren't moving fast enough in order to get to open spaces to receive passes so defensemen were getting stuck so I would say they worked their butts off for like 75% of the game (laughs) you know I I think that's fair it's this is cliche to say but it's hard for a team to play a full 60 minutes and getting those pucks in deep right (laughs) (laughs) exactly but I mean I definitely thought that out of all four of the games that we've watched the Flyers looked the best in the 60 minutes on Sunday. I thought that it wasn't just one period and done. It wasn't um, the Islanders completely giving it to bringing it to them. Um, it was back and forth. And I felt like the Flyers definitely, they didn't get the bounces that they deserved in my opinion, but another cliche, you got to be good to be lucky. So I, and I don't think the Flyers have been good this whole series. Yeah, I think you're right. Sunday's game was their best game of the series overall and it is possible to build on that it's a tough position to try and build on because there's no room for error but you know we're gonna like say as many hockey cliches or sports (laughs) cliches as possible in this episode I feel like it's a drinking game uh, in progress but you gotta take it one game at a time if you're listening to this in the morning drink your coffee if you're listening this before the game drink something harder (laughs) (laughs) okay so Ivan Provorov uh, said another cliche it's not over till it's over (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we have a great team. We know how to battle through adversity. And we're going to come out with the same energy tonight and try to play our game and play the right way and try to get the win. If I believe in anybody on this team, I do believe in Ivan Provo. I think that he will that we'll see his best game tonight. I can see that happening. I think if there's any prediction I would make about him, that you'll see him jumping in offensively even more than he already does. And, you know, luckily the Flyers are pretty good at covering for him when he when he does that. But I think that he will be absolutely an active part of the offense at five on five. Um, you know, I'm not expecting any power play opportunities here. <laughs> but if, if there are, I, I, you know, he's fine at it, but it's not his forte for sure. But five on five, he's absolutely going to get involved in the offense. Yeah. And the Flyers definitely need that offense. So here's to hoping he does. So Kevin Hayes said that the series has been close. Uh, well, the series has been closer than many have said. Every game has gotten to the third period and has been in reach. Down 1-0 in game one, leading 3-1 in game two, trailing 2-1 in game three, and then tied 1-1 in game four. But the team has made one or two mistakes that have ultimately ended up in the back of the net and has really hurt them. Which... I completely agree with. I think uh, yesterday's episode, that's what we said. There's just been one or two mistakes of just not getting the puck out of the zone and then it's in the back of the net. Yeah, I think that, you know, they've had a problem with scoring goals later in games in the playoffs overall and especially in this series. And I think that, you know, getting back to our cliche of playing a full 60-minute game, I think they do need to get a little bit more aggressive later in the game because that's where they've had these problems and you know I think Kevin Hayes he's got to like put his money where his mouth is on this one and contribute on that front and you know score one of his fun goals that he did during the regular season yeah or just a repeat of uh, game two where he scores two goals I will take exactly The last one hurts me specifically, and it's Travis Konechny on the la- the lack of his scoring, um, or on the lack of scoring. Uh, he said, it's definitely on my mind, trying to produce a little bit more to increase my finishing around the net just a little bit more. I still feel like I'm skating hard. I'm working hard. I'm still trying to give my line mates uh, opportunities. I mean, it's obvious on- obviously on my mind, and I'm trying. That one hurt so bad because I felt like specifically in game four, he was. He really was trying. Yeah, I think, you know, he and Claude stood out to me in terms of having extra effort and really driving harder toward the net. And, you know, I just like you just can't help but feel for the guy that he's snake bit here. Yeah. But, you know, you just have to hope that this is the game where it breaks through because there are no other games if it doesn't. Yeah, and I remember, you know, earlier in the season, I was saying, well, I'm happy that he's still just getting the chances, because if he wasn't getting the chances, then we have a bigger problem here. But you're right, tonight is do or die, and this is where we need to see his production. We need to see him uh, make something happen, and hopefully tonight he can be a little selfish and just put pucks on net. That's all. (laughs) Everyone just needs to another cliche, put pucks on net, but it's true, because... This very well could be their last chance. 
So I think I can say everyone listening to this podcast is worried about the flyers. But one thing you don't have to worry about is rockauto.com. They are the most reliable place to get anything you need for your car. Unlike chain stores that have different tier prices for anything you need, Rock Auto is the same for everybody, from do-it-yourselfers to professionals. And they always have the lowest prices, and it's just something for everybody and doesn't even require a membership or an account login. Yeah, rockauto.com has been serving customers online for 20 years. So that's one of the reasons why I know I can trust them. I go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. You can get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And again, rockauto.com is reliably low and the same for everybody. When you go to rockauto.com right now, you can see all the parts available for your car or truck. So write in, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, Rachel. So we looked at what the players said, and now I think it's time to look at for the positives in Sunday's game for today's game because it's going to be a hard uh, it's it's a hard road to build on those um, those positives to get <laughs> to Game Six. But if anyone can do it, I, I believe in this team. I think the Flyers can. So. We said it before, we think that game four was probably their best in the series. And unfortunately, it didn't have the outcome that they deserved. But this was the first game that they actually outshot and outchanced the Islanders at even strength. Now, this is something that we talked about before the series because the Islanders were able to dominate the Panthers and the Capitals five on five um, at even strength. And the Flyers somehow were able to break through that in game four. And um, I think that's a positive. Yeah, I, th- I think so, too. It, it was pretty remarkable. And, you know, the there was a stretch where they outshot the Islanders. I think they had like 10 consecutive shots without the Islanders getting a shot at, at one point. And so that's a really good sign that they can hold the Islanders defensively while getting offensive opportunities. And that's really what they need to do here. Yeah, and that's something that when the Flyers are at their best and they're playing their game, they are able to uh, to outchance opponents five on five. Another um, positive is the fact that, you know, when the Islanders went up um, 1-0 and took that lead, the Flyers completely dominated and were able to um, tie it up. Ideally, you know, with the way that they were, um, I think it was like outshooting the Islanders 17-3. to You would have liked them to go up in that uh, period, but... They never gave up. They were able to dominate. And, um, you know, that's something that we saw all season, that they never felt like they were out, down and out. And specifically in tonight's game, that's going to be really big for them, that mentality. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that they just really, again, have to be aggressive. They have no choice right now. And, and just keeping that offensive pressure and you know, adding extra attackers when they can. I think that, you know, by having the defensemen join rushes, I think that that's going to be the key. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Charlie O'Connor pointed out that in the last, like, two minutes of the game, like, you really saw the Flyers 
continue that tenacity to tie up the game. And, and it wasn't like they were, you know, losing board, uh, battles along the boards as the, as the, uh, as the clock ran down, they, the flyers weren't giving up. They were still fighting and still trying to tie up this game, which, you know, unlike some of the losses where you saw the flyers trying to get back in the game, it just seemed like they just had no energy and it just Sunday's game. They fought all the way to the end. Really? Yeah, I would say like the very last 15, 20 seconds, they kind of messed up where they needed to be more aggressive to try and get at least like one more shot in. And it just didn't happen because the the way that the puck um, just got dead in the corner. But other than that, um, I think you're right. And they just have to bring that mentality to the full game. Um, a surprising little sneak peek we talked about a little bit was, uh, the top line. I, the, in game four, the top, we saw all the flashes of how dominant this top line could be. And if, you know, that's a, if the Flyers can get the top line going, obviously that solves a lot of the problems. Um, and in game four, they racked up 21 to five shot attempts advantage against the Islanders. And we saw Couturier get on the score sheet, which, you know, I, I always, I've, I'm a little bit nervous to say this, but if we can, like, if this isn't a sign, we, we need it. We need them to get on the horse and put the puck in the back of the net tonight. Yeah, we definitely do. I, you know, that top line, I worry about them to some degree that they're going to be aggressive. And, and I absolutely believe you're right in terms of, of them playing in a more dominant style than they have in you know games prior to the most recent one but I I just worry about getting into fights and taking penalties that are unnecessary because like I mean I think Jake Voracek is the kind of guy that would do that Giroux sometimes winds up in the box because he gets overheated and so I just hope that any of the good that I think you know that you're talking about that they will provide for the team isn't counterbalanced by (laughs) taking stupid penalties yeah I I think that's fair to say um and I think that if that does happen tonight I think it's in a fit where the Flyers are already down so far that it kind of seems like a win is out of reach um because I think in with that line specifically, I think that they have been, for the most part, in check. You know, their emotions have been in check. There's, you could you could point to like a Robert Haig that would take a, a pretty ill-timed pe- penalty um, in that situation. But I think the top line, I'm hoping anyway, can keep their, their head on their shoulders in, in positions like that. <sighs> the next thing, <laughs> I'm actually very surprised uh, to say this because who would have thought I'd be talking um, about... Nate Thompson in a positive way. Well, <laughs> in game four, his line with Grant and NAK was just fantastic. I mean, they finished the game with a 10 to zero shot attempts advantage in eight and a half minutes together at even strength, which to me, that's that's pretty high uh, ice time for five on five for the fourth line. But I think with the addition to of Grant on that fourth line, it really does help um, 
balance that line and to give NAK um, a player that he kind of that can keep up with him. Yeah, I think you're right. And I'm just as surprised. (laughs) For sure. I think that, you know, Grant on wing is not something they've gone to very often. Mm -hmm. But when they've had when they have, it's helped. And, you know, I think that kind of burying the negatives of Nate Thompson while allowing for his positives to shine through is it like if you're gonna play him that's the only way to do it right yeah and the crazy part is that there were a couple of times we saw Grant out there against the Matt Barzell line which is terrifying to think about but they held their own. I I think I wouldn't have tempted fate as much uh in the, in tonight's game uh with that. But um you know if the Flyers can have a top line that you know isn't going to be extremely dominant but could you know rack up the shot attempts uh for and, and limit them against and then their middle six can you know do something I would say game three, the third line was the best line. And if the third line can still come out with that energy, the fourth line can continue what they did in game four. And, you know, one of the Hayes line or the Couturier line is dominant. I like the Flyers' chances. I do too. I'm just like keeping my fingers crossed here. (laughs) Like you said, we're trying to be positive here. So I have to keep remembering that. Exactly. Exactly. It's hard, but it's, it's things that have to happen. Um, if the Flyers want to have some success. So speaking of what needs to happen for the Flyers to have success, Bill Meltzer came out with an article listing the five things that need to happen for the Flyers. Um, And, you know, one of the things that kind of just carries over to what we just talked about is the Flyers' best players being their best players and beating the Islanders' best players. And I think, I mean... That kind of, to me kind of seems like he just like simply states it, but it's the truth. The stars need to step up. You know, all the guys that have been talking about their um, their lack of scoring needs to get on the score sheet one way or another. And even I feel like for the Flyers, as the series has gone on, their depth scoring has dried up because, you know, I, I definitely don't blame anything on Joel Faraby, but it would be a very opportunistic time for him to get on the score sheet tonight. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next thing he says is, um, surprise, surprise, production on the power play. My hat's off to Bill. The fact that he still has, you know, hope hope that the power play <laughs> will produce because I have none. I, like, I don't even think I think no. of the power play as something that could um, potentially win the game for the Flyers. But, you know, he's right in in, in that that's that's key if the to help the Flyers win tonight. Um, one thing that's definitely important or relevant to Game Four that we saw was stabilizing shifts and momentum. I felt like Game Four was such a back and forth, and honestly, this whole series has just been whoever wins the period. And the Flyers need to go out with that mentality that they need to win every period they play. I think so too, and I think they absolutely need to take advantage of being the home team in this game with last mm-hmm. change. And making sure that they're getting the matchups that they need in order to be successful so that players like Matt Barzal aren't skating circles around Nate Thompson, you know? (laughs) Yes, that's, you're absolutely right. And that's a really good point. Um, They will have that opportunity. So hopefully, I mean, this is, 
this is definitely on AV. Like it's that chess match between coaches and hopefully um, AV can come out on top. Uh, the next one that I think that I really, that stuck out to me that there, there's no self-inflicted wounds. And I yes. mean, there needs to be like, I, you won't hear me um, bash Phil Myers or Travis Sanheim ever, but you know, everyone needs to make the right plays. And, and especially with the new um, adjustments that they're making to adjust to the aisles uh, play, they need to get it right the first time. There no, there needs to be no mistakes. And the forwards need to help out on that. You know, like if you, like someone needs to stay behind to help out with the defense and, you know, get the puck into the offensive zone. Everyone needs to help out everyone because we can't afford like we said, the mistake, any mistake, because it nine times out of 10 ends up in the back of your net. Yeah. I, uh, those couple of goals that the Islanders scored in game four were just so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because, you know, like you said, they'd been playing pretty well up until that point. And it was just like one dumb defensive mistake or like Elliot got scored on five hole. And it's just, Yep. It was just so deflating, I think is the right word. Yeah, it was. And so I think that they just, every single thing all game long has to be buttoned up because this this Islanders team is a team that's going to take advantage of it every time. I completely agree with that. Uh, His last point is concede nothing. And I was a little confused about that, but he goes back and talks about the playoff round against the Penguins in 2017 where, you know, players who were hurt gave it their all. And he talks about, you know, Ivan Provorov with his dislocated shoulder or Sean Couturier with, um, I believe it was his knee, um, and he scored a hat trick that night. And while I don't condone players playing through severe injuries, I do think that they need to leave it all on the ice, and and I think that they will. Um so, yeah, I mean, good points by Bill. Do you have any that you would add to the list, Rachel? It sounds counterintuitive, but I would say relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. And n- not relax in terms of your style of play, but relax in terms of second-guessing themselves or being afraid to do something because they don't think it's going to work. Like, just have confidence in your abilities as hockey players because we know they're all really good yeah they have the skill they do and you know even Nate Thompson even Robert (laughs) Haig they have hockey skills and they have a purpose out there and you know as much as we rag on those two in particular but I think that they just need to be calm and do what they do best I think that's really fair. That's that's good. That's, you know, maybe they need to play this in the locker room before they go out there because that's <laughs> really good advice. <laughs> um, you know, one thing I would say is that I have full confidence on Carter Hart starting tonight. And I, I'm confident that he's going to come out and play his best game. And in order for the Flyers to win, they're, they're going to need that. I hate to put the pressure on Carter and say that he needs to be their best player. But, you know... <laughs> When they got the win in Montreal, Carter was their best player. And he's he didn't play the game before. Maybe he has a chip on his shoulder that Avi didn't go back to him. So I definitely think in order for the Flyers to win tonight, he's going 
Carter is going to have to play lights out. And we've seen him do it before. So um, I have complete faith that he'll do it again. Yeah, I I do too. I just think he's not somebody that gets rattled. Mm -hmm. And he, I think, you know, having that game off and having some time to reset, I, I just think he'll go in there, his regular confident self, and and will absolutely keep the pliers in this game. Yeah, I completely agree. And I'm not I'm I'm not hoping for the Flyers to to play this way, but you know how in the regular season we saw it time and time again, and honestly even in the playoffs where the Carter makes two, three, four big saves in the first and that kind of gives the Flyers the confidence to and the confidence to play their game to get to their game. Um but I definitely can see that happening in some you know, just as the shifts of momentum um, change, I can see Carter coming up huge for them and giving them that confidence. So to t- end today's episode on a high note, our Flyers fun thing is, of course, the goal by Couturier. We're hoping that it just, you know, us remembering it and highlighting it <laughs> rubs off on the first line and gives them uh, some good luck for tonight. Absolutely. <laughs> we need that for sure. So with that, we want to thank everyone for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully with a win, but of course we will recap tonight's game. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send us in your questions, comments, concerns. Honestly, we want to hear how you feel after tonight's game. (laughs) We will be here from you to scream in joy or to cry in sorrow. (laughs) I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. Now tune into the most recent episode of Locked On NHL.